Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You know that sound? It is the unfiltered band. That means, yes, another unfiltered coming your way here and now. Officially, this will go down as episode number 141. Correa to the Twins. Let's get physical yet again. Welcome on board. You can always jump on board the Unfiltered Revolution, whether we're live like we are now on Twitter and YouTube, where you can get the channel in my bio and subscribe and jump on board all of our videos and conversations and interviews over the course of the first 140 episodes, or whether you get us where most people do on Apple, Spotify, and everywhere else that you get your podcasts. It's good to have you along the way. Uh, kind of impromptu, just given as this continues to break and reports are out with more information on Correa now to the Twins. Really, in watching this kind of unfold, even in the first hour on Twitter, and which is why I put it in the title this way, if you're watching live, where the amount of people, and I understand it, and I'm going to get into it, who were from within the Mets fan base and from outside talking about the Mets metting. I used to say like that show, That's So Raven, That's So Mets, or you want to say LOL Mets. To me, this is more WTF than it is LOL. I'm going to get into that and explain it, whether you buy that or not. I really don't care. Uh, I'm here to just tell you what I see as the truth uh, the way I see it. I can tell you this truth. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends over Bet Online as your continued source. All your sports wagering information. Bet Online's got live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. It's always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether it's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. It's simple. Get over to BetOnline.ag to join. You get your fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure though to use the promo code Believe. That's B. To receive your rewards, it's bet online where the games as we get started here live. And let me start here because I'm going to give it to you the way, and we'll get into the chat. And I see some of your comments. You want to jump in live, you could do that. Also, if you want to respond and reply to uh, the thread and get in on Twitter, I'll try and hit those as well as I go. Otherwise, I'll get you when we're off air. This sucks. If you're a Met fan, this sucks. So you can't be upset that people are laughing at you, whether they're Yankee fans that, in, you know, my case could be in your family, right, or friends, whether they're people you don't know on Twitter, whether they're people you know on Twitter, whether you're being trolled at the office at the water cooler or tonight at the bar when you try and, you know, have a few drinks to forget that Correa is going back to Minnesota. You can't be upset that people are laughing at you because just go back 19, 20 days ago, you were anointing yourselves World Series champs. I saw many of you doing it. You were enjoying life. Now, I want to go to something I said at the time, which people don't understand. I get that, right? I know what time it is. I got a Met watch on. Like, I, right? I've lived that, that life. I understand. And you haven't been able to enjoy or be excited about pretty much anything. You've handled not like the New York Mets, but more like the Milwaukee Mets for most of your lifetime. If you're my age and I'm in my 40s. And you're now dealing with a lifestyle in a Steve Cohen world that you're not used to. You're living the life you watched other people live as Yankee fans. So I get that and I understand it. So I get why you got carried away. But that's how this began. 
with a Met fan who got carried away. That Met fan is Steve Cohen. The mistake here is not the Mets looking into the physical that the Giants, who, by the way, are a pretty darn good organization, go look at what that team has done over the years with their ownership. Go look at the names now in place leading them, like Farhan, and what they have done and what they represent in this sport, right? They're not idiots. You know, they tried to get Aaron Judge and pay him the money. It's not their, their fault that they lost him. So when all that happened, there had to be at least some, even though in all of the euphoria the Met fan is feeling, there had to be some like there was in the industry question of, okay, if the Giants had a concern with that ankle, right? And whether it's a situation for 2014 or anything since or whatever it was, right? At the time, we had knew nothing. If there was a scenario in which they were no longer interested to the point where Correa would deviate over to the Mets when seemingly that deal was done, those people in that front office are not the LOL Mets. It's not the LOL Giants. So the LOL farhands, they they know what they're doing, right? So there had to be. Now you forgot all that because you were just in some, you know, so elated, and I get it that Carlos Correa was coming to you, but there was obviously smoke where there was fire, not arson judge, but in the Correa physical. The well met way would be to go sign him anyway because of the thing to the fan base or because to the media or whatever dumb reason a reason could be the Mets have had them all over the years we've lived them and then to have it be a situation where they said ah screw what you know what the Giants were worried and we see some concerns but who cares we just got a chance to get Correa we're the number one favorite this everybody thinks we're the greatest team since sliced bread it's amazing everybody's excited we got Verlander Nimmo's back we're gonna go win a championship We'll worry about it later. I'm Steve Cohen. I got tons of money. We'll worry about this in six years, if that's the late, right? Now, look, part of the Mets deal, reportedly, that they were offering at six, which was not the 200, but the 157 and change, included them needing to give Carlos Correa physical every single year because of how damn concerned they are by exactly what the Giants saw. Both willing to restructure, both interested, but at what cost? Because you see 200 for six years, and yeah, now there's vesting. It could get to seven. It could get to eight years, get nine years, four years, seven years, all kinds of different machinations. But it all comes down to nobody is sure, and you're never sure, but nobody feels confident or comfortable that Carlos Correa's leg make it through this process over the certain years. The LOL Met thing to do would have been for the Mets to say, hey, look, you know what? Who cares what the Giants saw? We're the stars now. We put the Yankees and, and the judge press conference on back page. And him being the captain, nobody even cared. We got Correa. We got Correa and Lindor. We're the Mets. We got cover of SI. We're going to be in the cover of MLB The Show. We're going to be, I'm just saying, we're, we're the stars, right? In old Met days, you can think of Mets. You can think of Knicks. You can think of Yankees. New York teams get swept up in all that BS over all of these decades all the time. And the Mets are always making the wrong decisions for the wrong reasons. The LOL Mets would have said, who cares? We'll just deal with it. I'm Steve Cohen. I got tons of money. And I know that a lot of Met fans probably wish he did that and are thinking, hey, gee, it didn't work out. Even if it works out for three years, we win a World Series. And in year four, his ankle like splits in 18 pieces, you know, heaven forbid. You know, who cares? Because you got tons of money anyway, bro. And I'm sure there's plenty of people who are going to feel that way. But that would have been the LOL Met thing to do. 
for instead of July 1st, Bobby Bonilla Day, for us to be talking about every year that Carlos Correa was being paid to not do a damn thing. To talk about every year Carlos Correa was being paid to be a disaster. That would have been the LOL Met thing to do. But the Met fan getting carried away, I don't blame. Where the LOL comes in here and where the blame should go here and where there's an issue here is the Met fan that got carried away that owns your franchise. And look, Uncle Steve, Uncle Stevie, Steve Cohen, whatever name you want to refer him to, I mean, he pretty much a god, okay? Like I get it. You know, when somebody asks you, are you, Ray, are you a god? You say yes. Like, you know, Gozer, step down because Steve Cohen here, right? I, I get it, right? I'm living the life. I understand it, right? I'm with you. But Steve Cohen made a mistake. Steve Cohen got the Met fan in him who wants, and I mean this in a good way, so desperately to please this fan base, so desperately to give the Met fan, and it's more the Met, not that he wasn't want to give it to the players, but he wants to give the Met, I mean, really, there are, look, there are a lot of owners that want to make money. There are a lot of owners that want to win. And then there are some owners that want to win badly. And then there's owners that want to win so badly because it's not just their job or their business, but their heartstrings have been tied like you and me through all of their life back to his childhood. And he's older than I am. That's the guy who got carried away, mentioned Correa, was sitting there in Hawaii, realizing that at that dinner, I'm about to be even more of a savior for this Met fan base than I've already been. And he's already been from, you want to think of the Seaver statue, the black jerseys, to the Scherzer, to the Verlander, to the Lindor, and then signing him to, you, you could go on down the line, right? The, get Buck Showalter, the smart decisions that have been made, the Willie Mays, you know, there are um, you know, old timers day. There are so many different things that have transpired in only a short time, what three some odd years that Steve Cohen has been there and he's been brilliant and you're not going to be perfect. And owners are not normally exposed to the amount Steve Cohen is exposed in terms of, I, I would say to you, as somebody who happened to, you know, many years ago, drop an F-bomb, uh, you know, on national television. You know, I could say to you, sometimes when you're on the air too long and a mic's in front of you too long or it's on too long and you're not aware of it, you can get exposed that way, right? It's like, a you know, a not everyday player who plays every day for two weeks and is great. And then what happens? They get exposed. Well, owners are not normally outside of a Jerry Jones scenario, right? Which is not a good thing to be in that category. Or maybe a Mark Cuban or you want to pluck a couple of others. You got to be a special breed to be in the scenario where you're out in front and you're doing interviews and you're on Twitter and you're on social media and you're making comments and you're not just behind the scenes. And Steve Cohen looked to his credit. And I think it's been important in his brand building and the change of the culture and brand of this franchise that he's been out in the forefront. But you alleviate that you, you put yourself in a vulnerable position to be exposed. And he got exposed. He got exposed. The fandom part of him got exposed. He got overzealous. He shouldn't have done what he did. He put himself in a situation naming Correa and getting it out there that way that put himself with this Correa situation and then the Met fan base and then the media in more of a twirl than it would have been. And look, you got to give the Mets credit because I thought to me, and I don't know how everybody else saw this because you never know. It's like, you know, when somebody, when they get, get managerial hires, I used to laugh back in the day covering it. One guy would be in there for like an hour and a half and another guy is in there for like four hours. And they'd be like, well, the guy with four hours, 
you know, one, one dude would write, uh, you know, clearly they had more questions for him. So they're more interested. And then the other guy would write, well, they were sure about the guy in an hour and they knew the guy in four and a half hours. They wanted to agree. Everybody reads in to whatever they want to see. The way I read the negotiations being quiet here and not so much coming out in terms of the conversations between the Mets and Scott Boris was a positive. I th- And it's been to the like of a lot of what's happened since Steve Cohen has been there to his credit that there haven't been a lot of leaks. And those things were not an issue here either. It's why I think a lot of Met fans were surprised in addition to the fact that when they saw Carlos Baerga, who I don't even look, I, I don't even know that's Carlos Baerga. That guy's got 900 followers. And look, I remember Carlos Baerga, who was a great player till he became a Met. And, you know, he hadn't been helping the Mets much uh, in a lot of different ways now, if it isn't. But he had put out a few hours ago, yeah, deals imminent, imminent, imminent or whatever, right? Um, But the point being is that everything's been quiet and it hasn't been leaked. And I thought that was a good sign. And that still is the case because things weren't leaked to other people. It's been Steve Cohen getting out in front and saying things himself. Steve Cohen being available on Twitter himself. But that got him into trouble here. The LOL in this situation is not Steve Cohen not wanting to give $300 million to a Carlos Correa who, let's be fair, had to go back to a team he did not want to play for. Let's not forget this, and I want to slow it down, and let's take a real pause. To I want to understand certain things, okay? Number one, absolutely egg on the face for Steve Cohen. Is this a usual LOL Mets? Well, if you want to look at it at laughing at them, that fact they didn't get Correa, you can definitely do that. But is it typical LOL Mets, like the Mets did something dumb? Not really. Did Steve Cohen do something he shouldn't have done? Yes. But that's not the fact that he doesn't sign the contract at $300 million, That would have been the LOL thing to do. Here's point number two you must understand. That we must understand. And Carlos Correa is a terrific player. I wanted him to be a Met no matter what team he plays for. I enjoy watching the guy play. In the past interviewing, he's a he's a he's a he's an eloquent, intelligent player, he person. I like of that, okay? But let us understand the following. Carlos Correa just went back to a team he did not want to play for. He just went back to a team he does not want to play for. You could tell me all you want. Now, does he not want to play for them versus not having a job? No. Does he not want to play for them in getting 200 mil versus 157 plus getting physicals every year, whatever else the machination the Mets had? No, because here's the other part of that. You know, people are like, well, you know, the Mets, how did they not go to 200? If you are working in a job, and I understand that Carlos Correa worked in his Mets job for 19, 20 days and never had it. He'll somehow get a tribute video. But if you're working in a job and your current job that you are working in, whatever, I don't care what it is, it does not matter. Right. Let's say you've been working there five years and you get X amount of dollars. I'm going to use really ridiculous numbers just to point this example out. You make three, you make three hundred dollars, just given a number, three hundred dollars a week. All right. And you've been working there for five years and you know that, you know, that's the deal that they offered you to continue to be paid at. Then they come to you and they say, okay, we're going to go make a new deal and we're going to sign you and we're very excited for this extension, right? And here's the deal that we're going to give you and it's a $400 a week deal, right? 
Then they go do some physical. If you have some job that would be related to whatever having to do with ankles, you run somewhere. I don't have, just follow me. Then all of a sudden they want to give you instead of 300 million, 157. So instead of 400, they want to give you $220, which is less than you were going to make in the first place. Less when the conversation began. Because of your conversations with that company at that situation, you're more likely to go anywhere else if you have to suck it up in terms of money because now you feel all kinds of dirty. Well, you promised me this, and what do you mean you won't pay me that? And that's how humanity and things work, right? So here's a situation where he can't be a giant. Then he doesn't really want to be a med at their terms because he probably feels disrespected. And how could you come back and do this? And you told me this was the deal. And you told Scott you agreed to this. And what do you mean you knew about the physical and you waited all this time? And I'm just making giving you conjecture on some of the things that could have been said, right? And, you know, why are you waiting us out? And why are you putting out on Twitter that you're okay if we leave? Which certainly was something, in my opinion, that was, it's no offense to Andy or anybody else that was leaked from the Mets to, to make sure to get out there. We're okay if he walks right clearly and i like scott boris too clearly it's leaked out there hey other teams are involved that's how this works right that's the game but now you're playing games with me do you really want me anyway so now you're thinking i don't want to be here either the giants are off the board where the hell am i gonna go am i gonna go to a fourth team am i gonna go somewhere else because the only other team that's wanted me since day one but at a much cheaper dollar were the twins where i just were he has to go tail between his legs now i understand we like a lot of our tails between our legs at $200 million. I understand that. But I'm just trying to make the point that this isn't LOL Mets like Carlos Correa chose the Twins over the Mets or the Mets got shafted in some way. This is the Mets decided that as much egg on their face as this would be and it is now, that it was going to be way worse if they would have, after seeing those medicals and those images and those x-rays, if they would have gone and given $300 million deal to a player whose leg or ankle caused them to be in a surgery situation where all of a sudden their career was over. That's the decision they made. So, yes, you can LOL at the situation that how ridiculous is it that Met fans have to go through this crap again? Because it is. You should laugh. You should laugh at how Met fans were saying they were going to be World Series champs because they got Carlos Correa. Now he's not there. You should laugh because Met fans were two months probably into their season on MLB The Show, not even waiting till next year's version came out, and Carlos Correa was getting all-star votes on their screen in their basement. Yes, you should laugh at that for sure. I would laugh at that. Absolutely. But it's not typical LOL Mets because that would have been if they would have signed for the 300 because they cared more about optics than what they are now and the egg on their face without Correa. This is actually a smarter decision than normally the Mets would make in this scenario. And I'm not sure that people will understand that. And I don't, it's okay if people don't agree with it, but it is, that is how it is. That is reality. The old dumb Mets would have, would have been too... Look, just to give an example, remember Mickey Calloway when you had the situation with the reporter who got into the fight with, with Mickey Calloway? He goes out in a press conference. And I remember being on the air that day at SiriusXM and watching it. It was on the air at the time. And he gives the press conference, does not really apologize. It was terrible. It was awful. Like, I don't understand what the, what the modus operandi was going into it, but he clearly didn't understand what he was supposed to say or do. Then he gets ripped on Twitter on the show I was doing and everywhere else. And an hour and a half later, he goes back out to do another pregame press conference, basically to apologize for the other press conference. Do you know what happened in the meantime? The Mets 
They met it. They put a guy out there when he wasn't supposed to be, then read all the responses on Twitter and social media, were afraid of all the egg on the face, and sent him back out there to look like a jackass even worse than the first time. In this situation, they did the opposite. They are taking what's going to be a lot of egg on their face now and having to about face into the trade market and figure things out, because I'm going to get to that in a second, but I got news for Met fans, because this is an all positive. You're not as good as you think you are. You're not. But they took the egg on the face versus signing for the deal to be off-season heroes and media darlings. They could have easily ignored it, thrown some language in there, done the $300 million deal and acquiesced to Correa, who wanted to be a Met, put on a press conference, and been heroes. If they had a presser coming up on next Monday, it would have been watched by anyone and everyone on MLB Network and MLB.com and on their own Twitter, and everybody would be sucking up to the Mets in spring training, every show, every fan, everybody would be locked in. If you could find some kind of hard knock show, that's where you should do it. Every eye would be on what is going on in Port St. Lucie. And they didn't bite. They're taking the egg on the face to not make the bigger mistake. That's not a Met thing to do. And I don't think people are going to understand that, but, but they should, because that is fact. Now to the other part, and that's where they go from here. The Mets are not as good as Met fans think they are. They're not. I couldn't, Met fans, and I understand this. Here, here's the crazy part about Met fans. 2015, I've talked about this many times. I, you know, covering them during that year, Met fans were never excited or happy about anything. Like, even after they went from 500 and John Mayberry Jr. and, and Soup Campbell against the Yankees on a Sunday night, and then all of a sudden they found themselves with the Cespedes trade and then, you know, Daniel Murphy and the playoffs, all of that, right? They never enjoyed any of that. Even those Cespedes, Drew Store, and matchups and those national series. Met fans were always complaining about how the team really wasn't that good, really were just over a 500 team, then it wasn't real, then it wasn't going to happen, and then they couldn't wait until they had Terry Collins, Matt Harvey, Familia in a six-run inning, Lucas Duda, Eric Hosmer, and that's all they remember. Honestly, that and a little bit of Daniel Murphy, and oh yeah, remember Cespedes was great, and that's it. They never enjoyed anything. Even when the Mets are high or doing better than they're supposed to in terms of expectations on that graph versus performance, Met fans don't get it and they can't understand. All right. This year, Met fans were miserable for almost all of the year when you think about it this way. They never wanted to believe it was real and were struggling with other people on Twitter trying to pretend that they were confident when they really weren't. Then they were shown up to be not so confident as they got defensive. And then many of them, not all of them, decided to hate the team and talk about how terrible everybody was, etc., because they blew the lead. When the Braves had played like a 114-win ball for like three months and over 100-win baseball for about a four-month period, and that lead they blew of 10 games was back from sometime in June, which is like saying that an NFL team blew a season if they were 4-2 and two and then blew it the rest of the way. It's, it's ridiculous. They still won over 100 games. Now, they didn't go far, and Max Scherzer, et cetera, and DeGrom, right? So Met fan gets to be angry again. But what happened? DeGrom gone. What are we going to do? Up, oh, we have Verlander. Up, oh, Nimmo is back. Here comes Correa, et cetera. And of, of course, Edwin Diaz and the other moves they've made. <clears throat> and now the Met fan gets to be excited again. But what happened with the Correa move is a Met fan went further than they normally go. 
You go look at the tweets now, and I think Met fans are a little bit delusional, some of you. I'm not going to generalize either way. But I'm seeing some people tell me, now look, I'm I'm not naming you know, different names, right? A lot of people on Mets Twitter, a lot of people cover the team. To say that you know, Brett Beatty is going to be some savior or act like he's David Wright is ridiculous. There are many of you on Twitter and many of you I respect who are doing that, and you shouldn't. The idea that we know that Brett Beatty is some kind of a star or a stud player or an all-star caliber player based on what we saw, you must be watching a different player than me. I saw a kid who had a great story in the first game that he played, then got a bit exposed, looked like he could have a good swing and be a nice player in this league, especially if he's got some availability to play left field. That's all I see. I don't see a player who is better every day than the Eduardo Escobar you got in the last two months of last year, and that's a fact. At least right now, not even close. Not to a guy who is a switch hitter who the last two months of the season was playing the way you're supposed to. That's the guy who's going to be at third base. So that's number one. Number two, Verlander for two years versus DeGrom over five was clearly something, and with the option for the third, was, but based on him needing to pitch well, was clearly a move that seems to make a lot of sense, and I'm all for and I think he's motivated, and I think he's you know he's a cyborg in terms of at that age what he can do, and it's not all that. Clearly going to pitch more than DeGrom would. That's, we get it. And I love Jake, right, regardless of his vision. But that was a replacement, okay? I love the Jose Quintana move. I think it's terrific. I think Senga may be really, really good. But if we're being honest with ourselves last year, and I hated the way Bassett looked in big spots, so I won't, and this is just being fair, not going to miss the guy very much in terms of if you want to win a World Series because I don't think New York's for him based on the way he pitched. And I know how bad Scherzer was, but I know he's not afraid of that moment, and I thought Bassett pitched that way, just being honest. But him and Taiwan Walker, for the most part last year, they were pretty good as a tandem, weren't they? So if Senga and Quintana do that, that would be pretty darn good. Are we expecting them to, in year one, do more than that in 2023? I think that's probably unfair to do, especially when you look at all the, the innings that Bassett was logging. Now, Carlos Carrasco, a lot less pressure if he's the five. David Peterson, we still like. And then you got Lucchese, and you got Eliezer, and you got other people who are there. And they've got depth on that team. But you still got a front end in Verlander and Scherzer that you don't know how much you can trust. And down the stretch, you got to keep in bubble wrap because I can't have Scherzer, who the year before had dead arm with the Dodgers, and the year we just saw was giving up touchdowns to the Padres. Can't have it. It's okay. Now, in the bullpen, I think they're better. And that is absolutely something I think you could say. Especially, that was a stamp move without Avino coming back. Because when he comes back, and now you think on top of that Robertson and Rayleigh and what they have, no offense to Joelle, no offense to what they needed to do, and I'll miss Trevor Williams in the role that he played, their bullpen is better, and the extra starters I just said, and those guys are never all going to be healthy at once. It's just the way it is with teams. But there's going to be a depth in that Swiss cheese in that middle that's going to be enough to, to you know support losing the Trevor Williams in that role. The staff as a whole is deeper, and the depth of the bullpen is better and deeper. But you had the best closer in the league last year. If Edwin Diaz is the same, all he can do is be the same. Adovino had a brilliant year. All he could do is be the same. So bullpen a little bit better. And your rotation has a chance to certainly be more solidified in terms of every five days, pitching more. 
And then you hope to get out of Scherzer down the stretch what you expected this past year and didn't. And then you hope that Senga, right, and Quintana with the experience can be better than Bassett and Walker were down the stretch. Taiwan, who I love, but in back end of seasons and Bassett down the stretch last year. So there's certainly incrementally better opportunity, but there's a high end there. The Mets pitching wasn't an issue last year. They pitched the hell out of it, right? Okay. Now let's get to the lineup. What is Francisco Alvarez? No idea. In all the excitement from the Met fans this season about how everything's going to be amazing, right? And I know everybody was excited that James McCann is gone. I like Omar Narvaez. That's fine. And Tomas Nito, a gold glove candidate. And we know he, he hit better than we thought last year. And all that is great, right? What is Alvarez? Is he the right-handed DH every day? Is he the backup catcher? He can't be. There's three catchers. So is he catching 10 games? What's the point of that? If that's the case, catch him in the minor leagues for a year, and then he's not even on the team. But point being, we don't even know that. We don't even know that. Now, without Correa, you're not moving Guillaume or Escobar because now you need those pieces. So if Escobar is going to play third base and Beatty's going to be a little bit in the outfield and a little bit at third base, and you're going to sit there and play McNeil at second and Lindor at short and Alonzo at first with Nito behind the plate, right, and Narayas in the left, and that's how you're going to go, right? And you got Nimmo in center, you got Marte in right, and you got Canna, and you got, let's say, Beatty right left. And I'm just giving you as it is now, I got news for you, that team can't hit enough to do what you want it to do. Nope. Last year, Starling Marte, when he went down, and I said this at the time, that was the most crucial thing that happened. The one thing that makes you a little bit okay with how bad the offense was at points the last two, three months, and in big spots, it was it was anemic. It was terrible. Against San Diego, terrible. Against Atlanta in two separate series, it was brutal. In big games against bad teams, Cubs, Nationals, it was terrible. Outside of Jet McNeil every at-bat, seriously, and Brandon Nimmo almost every at-bat. There were a lot of at-bats, and he got tired down the stretch that Lindor was an easy out and swinging away at pitches in the dirt for some reason. He had a great year, but this is true. And Pete, he certainly looked a little bit tired, too, and I think was taxed. They needed more help. Daniel Vogelbach is a good guy to have on your bench and to play every once in a while because even as a pinch hitter, he's so good at seeing pitches, he could draw a walk, and then you can bring in whether it's a Gore or, you know, now you, the Castros and the, you know, the, whoever is, if you have a, a room for a guy like that, you can go ahead, especially the new rules, go and almost have an automatic you double with a guy go in and go steal, right? Only could throw over a couple of times. You got the bigger bags, et cetera. This is a team that if you run Nimmo more and Marte's healthy enough, especially playing right field, not center, to be able to run, they can use the new rules, I think, to run a little bit more and put themselves in better position. But this lineup does not have enough thump right now unless you're telling me that Francisco Alvarez is playing as the right-handed designated hitter, which means, you know, I don't even know what that is. Just against lefties, that's not enough. And was the backup catcher, which he's not going to be, which then would tell me that he could, you know, at least play four or five days a week. I don't even see how that's going to happen now, but he certainly has that. Outside of that, look, you can't really, you can't rely on Eduardo Escobar to be anything but somewhere in between what he was at the beginning of the year and at the end of the year. You can't rely on Beatty to be anything but a young player who you hope gets a little bit better. Not an impact player. He's just not. All right. So if you're a Met fan and you're thinking that you can hit enough right now, you're delusional. I'm sorry. So can the team win a World Series next year? Yes. 
Is their pitching still going to be the most important thing? And if you win, Verlander and Scherzer and Diaz are going to be maybe the three most important players on the team? Absolutely still the case. Senga, could he be as, as big of, of a uh, you know first-year player? I hate using rookie there as anybody. Certainly could be, for all we know, with the ghost ball and all that, right? Great. But what Carlos Correa gave you was the bat you desperately needed to strike more fear behind Alonzo in that lineup than you were able to do last year. And not having enough slug in a lineup where you to win big games in September and October, people in this sport, you have to slug and pitch. That's it. And defend. Mets can defend. Mets can pitch. Not nearly enough slug in that lineup. It's a major, major problem. So Met fans who are going to be sitting there with Carlos Correa gone saying, who cares, are lying. And you're either lying to me or you're lying to yourself. Because as much as this is not LOL Mets, because it's not, they actually would have been more of a laughing stock if they would have succumbed to not caring about what they saw in the physical just to win over the world in the offseason and sign whatever deal to bring Correa in. That would have been LOL. What is, is WTF. Because if you're a Met fan, right now, your team cannot hit enough to go win a World Series. This is Unfiltered, as always. We're presented by our good friend. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.